Hey, hey, what is up, Legendary Closers? Hey, on today's podcast, I want to talk about something that happens every once in a while, and it is not as frequent as most people think. And I want to talk about what happens when you hire that one salesperson that's an absolute nightmare and how to actually make that become a dream come true. So let's talk about it today on the podcast. For those of you guys who are closers, legendary experts in sales, this episode is going to share with you internally how you can work with somebody who maybe is on your team that you don't directly report to or they don't directly report to you and how to make them a legend to support you in your sales efforts. And for those coaches and experts and trainers and individuals out there really trying to crush their message, this episode is going to help you understand the nightmare behind hiring your dream closer. Here's the real question. How do real closers like us, direct sales, telemarketers, and independents, who refuse to cheat, overpromise, or embellish, who don't rely on discounts and guarantees, but want to close more sales with less effort, how do we build massive incomes, yet at the same time, live life to the fullest? That is the mystery, and in this podcast, we'll uncover the secrets for today's market. My name is John Albert Ferguson, and welcome to Legendary Closer Radio. All right, so let's get started. So few years ago, this was actually, oh man, this has got to be over 14 years ago now. I was hired to work with an organization that was selling uh, entrepreneurial type education and training. And this individual had a fairly well thought out presence, you know, being online and working within like the internet, it still wasn't that big of a deal back then, even though you could look people up, you know, Yahoo and AOL and those, you know, different browsers were mainly there. Google was just coming on scene as one of the the big players as search engines. And what I kept hearing was, is that this place was literally one of the worst places to work if you're a salesperson and one of the most I guess, nightmare places if you heard it from the perspective of the client. And, you know, the individual who is the expert, I'm leaving their name out of it. I don't even think they're in in the industry anymore selling their products. We had a really good run with them. And when we left them, they had all the proper tools in place to succeed. But there were some other internal things going on with uh, embezzlement and uh, with some legal battles that they had gotten themselves in a lot of hot water, I am glad that I had left that contract and that time uh, before actually like reflected on me and what we do. So, but I do want to share with you what we went through, how we took what they were doing bad, fixed it before all that happened and left them better for it. Because, you know, the worst thing you could ever do is get on to, you know, as a salesperson is start working with individuals that absolutely are some of the worst salespeople ever. And what I mean by that isn't that they're brand new or they're young. I mean, you know, everyone's got to be coachable, teachable. What I'm saying is I've been in environments where salespeople are using tactics that are just straight up breaking the law for an expert, for a coach, for a company, you know, who has spent their time creating a dream outcome for their client to have a salesperson, you know, say things like, well, if you join the coaching right now, we are going to fly you and your family to Walt Disney world, right? We're going to film our next infomercial around you or, you know, just things like that to kind of close the sale. That is weak sauce. 
That's weak sales, and those are horrible tactics. And if you are using those things, and those are not legitimate core pieces of that product and service, you need to stop it. You and I would not be friends. We would have a challenging conversation because this individual had hired, actually had had put the responsibility of bringing on salespeople into the hands of another person, and they put all their trust in this individual. And that person, they started making great money. And so they started to step away from the business. And from what I understood and gathered for about three years, they just started hiring people off the streets. They started generating a lot of leads. We're talking tens of thousands of leads a week coming into this organization. Two to 3,000 leads that were people opting in or calling in saying, hey, I want to know what to do. I want to start this business. And you can imagine there was roughly 185 people on the phones taking on that responsibility of a salesperson. Well, if there isn't any oversight, if there isn't any training, if there aren't any core principles brought in, then what happens is, is you get salespeople who bring all their bad habits with them and they're good ones, right? I'm not, this isn't just a, a rant on bad salespeople, but you know, it's kind of the wild west, right? And that's really what this was not in the form of, you know, crazy antics in the form of, you know, salespeople relying on weak process or weak sales tactics to close sales because they need to make a, a paycheck, right? They want to make money. And there it being that there's no oversight, you know, they sell it and forget it and move on. They get paid and that's it, right? They don't care what the outcome is. That's another bad situation to be in with your salespeople. See, this was all happening in this organization at the time that they called and reached out to me. And, you know, what was happening is, is that the salespeople felt that they needed to spin the story. I was being told that they needed to spin the offer in a way that, you know, was, I don't know, more attractive. I mean, I guess it's more attractive to fly to Disney than start a business. More attractive to be, you know, the person on the wall that everyone talks about or in the infomercial didn't actually have really great outcomes. And that's, I think, what those salespeople started hearing other people use those things and they're closing sales, making a paycheck. And then it kind of spreads around the sales team. And so you start to have bad problems. What happens was, is now the value that's really supposed to be added to these clients isn't there. They feel completely let down. Even if they had a successful business, they're not getting their trip to Disney, right? If, you know, they're not being truthful with those outcomes either, it's going to cause massive fallout. It causes massive complaints, refunds. Uh, and ultimately, uh, after we had left, it was about three years, uh, I saw that company actually fold due to some major, major outcomes like Dateline NBC. If you guys ever remember that Dateline, they do those investigative reports. They actually had one of the salespeople on the floor wear a mic and a hidden camera and the things that were being said and done were completely disgusting. And I did not recognize anyone on that on that floor anymore. You know, this had been three years after we had come in and, and done our thing to help them. And I was very disappointed. It's one of my losses. I, I call it a loss even though I wasn't there under contract helping them anymore. Uh, even though I wasn't there on the phones and, and, and helping, you know, kind of remove some of the what I'd call riffraff. I still call it a loss because if I can't leave a place better and it maintains those habits, you know, I still take a little bit of that responsibility. It's just in my character and I feel bad that happened. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, a lot of my mentors are like, look, you know, once you leave a place better, 
it's up to that place to take on the responsibility of what you've taught them, the systems, the processes, and and maintain it. So I get that and understand that. And so taking this lesson, I want those of you who are looking to hire a salesperson or two, those of you who are maybe at a stage where you could bring on four or five or 10 people, these are the things that I want you to consider uh, with this podcast. For those of you who are salespeople, I want you to understand what it takes to maintain that role when someone might be hired, when maybe they lied their way through the interview, because we, we know that happens, like that does happen. And they ended up getting on to the sales floor. How do I handle that? How do I... You know, because it's very, if you are working with, you know, a small group of people, one or two people, you as the expert influencer, you could pretty much uncover, right? That lack of integrity and they BS their way through the interview. They're not going to last long anyway. So they're, they're going to disappear. But there are a few things that we want to have happen, right? And when I was brought onto the organization, the one thing that they wanted to do is they wanted just, they just really wanted a core group of salespeople who could take full responsibility in their actions of selling, right? Full responsibility in what was being said, the scripting, the process, and actually felt good about the outcome of what the client needed and wanted so that they could continue to grow and build the brand. And that was the the core desire. And most of my the people that I talk to and work with, that's what they want to do. They want their, their clients to be served. They want to be able to expand. They love what they currently do, and they need a core group of people that can be this core team of experts that take on that responsibility and that role of legendary closer. And you know, the things that that my first day in the door, there was a drug dog walking up and down the aisles from the sheriff's department. And they stopped me and they wanted to know why I was there because I was the only dude in um, khakis and a button-down shirt. I did have my sleeves rolled up and I did have a tie on. But everybody else was like ripped jeans and, you know, crazy T-shirts some hoodies. And just I did not know where I, I got into. Right? I was like, wow, like I I should have toured this place before I agreed to help out. <laughs> and um, it was an interesting experience. I was like I was taken back. But I knew that a lot of what was going on there was just a reflection of leadership. Uh, maybe not the owners of the organization, not the expert in this case, but of the leadership that was on the floor, like the leadership of the salespeople, the high ticket closers. And then what are their values? Like, who are they? And, you know, I find a lot when we're hiring now uh, and we're bringing people onto our agency and our personal team, we want to hire for values. I, I want to know what they want as an outcome for them, themselves, their family. And that kind of gives you a window into what you're going to get also when you have that salesperson selling for you. And so the challenge though is, is that there is this kind of this division between marketers, experts, and salespeople. We'll we'll kind of leave it there. And actually coaches, right? So if you're an expert that actually has hired coaches and trainers, you're there. If you're a coach and an expert yourself, it's one of those things that if you have a difficult client, who do we blame? Well, we blame the salesperson. Even let's say if the salesperson did the best job they possibly could, they didn't over embellish and they brought this person on, that does happen rarely. Let's say that you've had a couple of those bad experiences because you did hire the wrong salesperson. You brought the wrong person on. You had way too many leads. You were desperate to do it. You tried it. Like, hey, everybody else is doing it. All my other coaches, my buddies, my, my mentors telling me, hey, I need to build a sales team. I need to have a high ticket closer. I need this, that, and the third. And so you do it. And you go to an agency that you know purports to create closers or whatever. And you hire them and they come on the team and they start working with you and they find out quickly, you know, within your first few weeks that this is just not a good fit and they're cheating you. Not cheating you out of money, not cheating you out of, 
you know, anything other than time and they're cheating your leads because they're over embellishing. They're saying things that just don't matter. And so there becomes this stigma, right? That all salespeople are cheats. They just want to close sales, make money and wash their hands of the business because they have nothing going after that. They've got no responsibility. They get paid and then poof, they're off to the next sale, right? There's ways around that, but that's kind of what I think what was going on here was, is that, well, if this is the type of salesperson that we're getting, then, you know, this is just going to be our outcome. We'll just have to work with it. And so they didn't try to change the process. They didn't try to change the system. They figured, well, the salesperson's broken and that's all sales. You know, they're all scumbags. And for us closers out there who are legit, who are listening to this podcast, I mean, that kind of hurts. It's like, dude, I've spent my life on refining my abilities so that I can take responsibility, so I can do a better job as a salesperson for, for you to feel disrespected immediately just by saying, hey, I'm in sales. That hurts. And for experts and coaches that feel that way against us, it, it, it already starts the relationship off on a lack of trust almost. And I think that's the wrong thing to do. I think that's the wrong way to go. And this is where it comes for like entrepreneurs that I've, I've been dealing with is that like even for myself, there was this internal friction. Like I felt like this uneasiness when uh, I was either with poor salespeople. And keep in mind, guys, when I say poor, it's not that they don't have good skills. It's that they willfully chose to be poor salespeople and use tactics that they knew and we knew were not going to serve the client. They were not going to serve anyone other than themselves. And a very selfish person, but it causes a lot of outward friction too. I mean, think of think of yourself that time you had to fulfill that one client because they were either oversold or they were told something extra was supposed to be included that creates a lot of friction. And then the next time you, you know who sold them. Like if you have that person on your staff, that is the closer, you know what they did to get that sale. You know what they said, especially if there's not that communication about going back and forth. So it creates internal friction and, and external friction. Your business isn't smooth. And this is where a lot of, again, a lot of, Experts and coaches and, you know, uh, consultants who, and speakers who, who have products and services that they want to hire a salesperson don't is because they're afraid to. They figure, well, I'm okay just making, you know, 500 grand in my business and my take home's lower. I'm okay being at this level. I've got a lot of freedom. But for those of you who know that you can get to that next level, this podcast episode is for you. Because it doesn't have to be that way. You don't have to stunt your growth, so to speak. You don't have to live on the plateau, right? There are greater peaks to get to, and it's eliminating a lot of that friction. And then lastly, you know, the big fear is what's the market saying about us? You know, especially when you're a startup or you've, you've been an expert for a while, you're paying attention to what's being said. You know, a lot of people use the word haters. Fine. Like, use that word all you want. But some of that feedback if it's constructive about your situation, you're hearing it enough, it might be something that we do need to change, right? But if it's ever something that, you know, was a, a flat out lie done by a salesperson, again, that's one of the reasons why we're afraid to hire salespeople is what's our reputation if this person is responsible for my closing, if this person is responsible for my sales. And so it's a tough proposition. And as I was on this team, as I'm in there helping, and I'm just listening to what's going on. I pretty much understood who didn't belong and who should have belonged. And if you've got a team like this already and salespeople like this already, and there were core values and core standards set up front with your organization, 
it's a pretty simple process. It does take some time. It's a very pretty simple process to have those individuals who are on your team exit themselves off. You know, they're not going to want to go where the bus is going. If you're just starting out and you want to hire that person, you need that salesperson. There are phenomenal salesperson people out there like us looking for that opportunity. And there are a few key points that we need to pay attention to because I think who you partner with as a salesperson, as a closer matters. As a legendary closer, who you partner with as an expert matters. I would never want someone in sales to just go out there and find somebody to be you know, closing for. If you don't already have a passion, a desire, an interest at least in those products and services that these experts are selling, you may have a little bit more of a tougher time closing sales with the right integrity just because you don't understand that business model. And so that's the first thing is, you know, weak methods of sales, that's what causes desperate measures. And so it's not necessarily the closer it's the training that they've had. It's the upfront standards that were set. It's the, it's the lack of beginning. Okay. The lack of the flag being placed in the ground. Now, will people, you know, agree to certain things and do the opposite? Oh, all the time. Right. Um, typically two-year-olds, right? They'll, oh yeah, daddy, I won't do that. Right. And then the next day it's done again. And you're like, oh my gosh. Right. But when it comes to salespeople, it's who you're partnering with that matters and, and where their likes and interests are. And so what we look to, so we don't have a lot of internal friction and, and you know that causes outward friction in ourselves and our business, is it's all down to core values and interviewing for those core values and hiring for standards than skill sets, right? Because you may have somebody that has been you know, you know identified as a rock star closer, right? Closes a lot of sales and they've got proof. They may even bring in a resume of, of the amount of sales they've done in the last year. And you're like, wow, that's great. But did they bring in the refunds? Did they bring in why, why they're not there? Like if they're winning, why did they leave? You know, and, and there are reasons to leave, to level up or to do a sideways shift in your business because you, you want to, you know, kind of either test your skills or you want to get into the, the arena somewhere else that you enjoy better. I get that. I understand that. But the first thing that we should look for when we're looking for a salesperson's core values, the first thing as a salesperson you should look for is core values, right? For the best salespeople, they're going to want to align with people that have the same core values that they're aligned with in order for them to succeed, in order for them to really buy into the products and the services that the fulfillment is getting done. Now, as the expert, if you know your fulfillment rocks, you just need more support, you need more sales, then the salespeople that you hire have to have the and, and share in those same core values. And the skill sets can be trained. The skill sets can be there. Is talent a matter? Of course. Is the amount of time as a salesperson a matter? Of course. But with the proper scripts, with the proper, you know, standard set, with a proper method and system and process that's laid out and proven from your own expertise, if that is there, that is something that can be overcome. Skill sets can be learned in a short period of time, especially if you've got that laid out and scripted out. You know, and then obviously, last, lastly, you know, results matter. Results for the client matter. That's a big clue when you're interviewing salespeople, when you're bringing somebody on. You know, they will talk about the clients. They will talk about how good it feels to see the influencer and the clients winning. And the reason for that is, as a, as a legendary closer, we, we serve a couple of different clients. One, our client and responsibility is to the expert that we offer 
within the message, within integrity, the products, the services that we've been asked to sell. On the other hand, though, we have another client, and that client is actually the customer that we're selling to, to ensure that we're able to, you know, offer those services in a manner that is just, that it has full integrity. You know, for us, when you find a salesperson like that, you've got a winner and that you can train and teach the skill sets and the scripts too. You know, at the end of that training with those people, at the end of the development there, that business turned around. I was there only six months in my contract and helping them. And, you know, I, I stuck around for about a full year just to see how things were going and modifying things. You know, sometimes I'll give a lot of free time because it's an extra investment for me. One, I'm learning. One, I'm trying to see, okay, did this work? Did this help? Um, I'm gathering a lot of information as a salesperson too. And knowing that I'm helping other influencers and experts and coaches and trainers and obviously the legendary closers themselves, what worked, what didn't work? What do I need to refine? What do I need to improve myself? And the complete turnaround happened when they changed some of the hiring processes, number one. Number two, when they set the standards in the middle of the game that they had never done before. People just quit. Like the day that they put out the memo, the day they put the posters up all around the walls, the day that they came in and had this kind of, you know, heart-to-heart meeting with their sales floor, people left. They literally walked out. 50% of the salespeople quit. And I said, thank heavens, right? You don't have to fire anybody. There goes a lot of the friction and the time would be spent, you know, sitting on the shelf there trying to make that happen. And at the end of the day, the things started to turn around. They started to make better impact with their clients. It became more valuable. You know, the closer's core values were there. We, we set a standard for the salespeople themselves, you know, that was in, in line with the company. And the turnaround happened, and it was phenomenal to see. Unfortunately, after leaving, as I said, it was about three years before things kind of just unraveled again. And, and again, you know, as an entrepreneur, You know, you can take your sights off of uh, different parts of the business, but make sure you have in place the right people managing those pieces for you. Um, And fortunately, this was a partnership. It was two friends running this business. And uh, yeah, that's another story for another day. But, you know, just be careful you partner with and and put the right processes in place and, you know, put checks and balances there. Not to be overwhelming your people with your presence of micromanaging get good people in place and and you'll succeed. And so, yeah. Can your current nightmare of, of sales become your dream come true? Clearly. And, and it doesn't matter where you're at in the middle of your sales process, whether you've hired somebody or not, set those standards, set those values, put those processes in place, and you will have uh, the winning sales process uh, at the end of the day. Anyways, guys, hopefully you liked this episode. Hopefully this is a lot of, of training and education and systems here that can give you the opportunity to get a leg up and actually get to that next level in your career as an expert and a coach and as a closer. Guys, uh, I'm super stoked to have you. I, I like to listen and hear from you. Uh, please comment, share again, and, and uh, you know share this with individuals that are like you who need this information, especially if it is uh, you know serving you in your business. So if you're just starting out, you're probably studying a lot, and that's a good thing. You're probably digging into all the methods to close, right? That's also good. But the hardest part is figuring out how to close without causing objections. You know, the ones that you have to handle before they'll give you their cash, right? That's also what I struggled with for a while. It actually made me quite furious until I learned this simple template. So I created a special training to help you out. It's called Sales Inception Questions, or just Sick Fury for short. 
This will get you on track with the right questions and more importantly, the right sales conversation to lead you to the prospect's secret buying triggers. Want to have it? It's a very powerful way to let you in on unlocking the secrets to close your prospects with ease. I'm only giving it away for a short time period before I lock it back up into our main training. But you can get access to it at sickfury.com forward slash free. That's S-I-Q-F-U-R-Y dot com forward slash free. We'll see you on the inside. And don't forget to like, subscribe, and share the podcast if this is adding value to your life.